everyone and welcome back to Hoops Weekly. I'm your host Yoni Golem and today we are going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. As many NBA fans know, the playoffs were supposed to start last week um, before the NBA season got postponed. So essentially what we're going to do today is simulate what the NBA playoffs would have looked like in my opinion and I think a lot of people's opinions because there aren't many shocks or surprises in the NBA um, playoffs. Um, it's not like March Madness, so yeah, we're going to be taking the initial rankings from the middle of March, which is when the NBA season got postponed, so here we go. We start off with the Bucks against the Magic, in which I have the Bucks beating the Magic in four games. The Bucks are just superior. Eric Bledsoe beats out DJ Augustine because DJ Augustine is inconsistent and Eric Bledsoe will shut him down on defense. Chris Middleton versus Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross, in my opinion, could be a better offensive player than Chris Middleton, but Middleton is definitely more consistent and has the advantage on the wing as a better shooter and um, better defender as well. Giannis Antetokounmpo, there is no question that he beats out Aaron Gordon um, in the lineup. And he is extremely inconsistent, talking about Aaron Gordon, and has never lived up to the hype, which really sucks because I'd, I'd like for him not to be known as a dunker. I feel like he could be a useful mid-range scorer, but I guess that's a story for another time. And Brook Lopez against Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic is a better player, but it's been shown, um, and since last playoffs, that Nikola Vucevic is easily neutralized in the paint, like Marcus All showed. Um, Marcus All showed last year with the Raptors, and despite him being a worse and older player, people thought he couldn't keep up with him. Um, Nikola Vucevic did not show effectiveness during that series. So yeah, I do believe that the Bucks kind of cover every corner here, especially having a deeper team and more experience now, more hunger for last season's loss to the Raptors. So the Bucks are moving on in four. Now we have the Raptors against the Nets. Which I have the Raptors beating the Nets in five games. Take in the Nets. Do not have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant in their arsenal. And they don't have much experience either. This is a very young team. The Raptors have been here. They're deep. They've proved themselves. Siakam has come up as an early MVP candidate for the future. Kyle Lowry has become more consistent in the playoffs through the years. This team won a championship last year. There's not much I, there's not much I could say. Raptors in five. Now we have the Celtics against the Sixers. I have the Celtics winning in seven games. This might be one of the most fun series in the playoffs because no one really expects the Sixers to be a six seed. Um, but here we are. They've um, dealt with chemistry issues, uh, lack of depth on the bench, and lack of shooting. Um, Three-point shooting. And um, I think that's going to come up as a huge issue. The Celtics have... Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, who have emerged as kind of co-leaders for this team. They've definitely been there before. Kemba Walker is actually one of the least experienced players on that team, and he's the best player. Um, but this Celtics team is better equipped. They're deeper. Um, these teams are equal. Um, I'd say the Sixers are better defensively, but chemistry issues and depth issues are where it's going to come up. Um, huge in the playoffs now on paper the Sixers do look like the best team I mean they have the best starting lineup in the NBA on paper a lot of stuff factors factors in when it comes to the playoffs and the Celtics are good enough to beat this Sixers team the Sixers team they need a shooter 
they lost Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, two players that could show up at the end of games, but they don't have that. Tobias Harris is not going to make those shots for you all the time, and definitely not Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. So that kind of puts them in a deep hole, um, something that they cannot climb out of this season. So yet another disappointing end for the Sixers, um, as the Celtics beat them in seven. Now we have the Miami Heat against the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers have always been known as a team to fight. Um, again, in 2018, everyone thought the Cavs were going to blow them out, but they took them to seven games, and the series was very, very close and surprisingly entertaining. Um, last season, despite getting swept by the Celtics, any game could have gone either way. They kept the games close. They definitely fought till the end, and I feel like they could have snatched two games away from them. Um, and made that up in even series, but they couldn't close out games, which is what's going to come up as a big factor here, especially of Victor Oladipo not being fully ready, and the Heat um, having Jimmy Butler um, in their lineup. I think the Heat are going to beat the Sixers, um, the Pacers, in six games. Sorry about that. Moving on to the Western Conference, we now have the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. I have the Lakers winning in four. I mean, you're putting LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the same team. You can't expect a, rookie, a team led by a rookie, John Morant, to win to win a game against these guys. They're inexperienced. I think their most experienced player is Jonas Valanciunas, and he's the third option on that team. Um, they're going to learn from this, and I could see them as a playoff contender in following seasons, but not now, and especially when LeBron is this hungry. Um, this team is definitely well-equipped. They're deep. They, they're a great defensive team and even better offensive team. They will beat and dismantle this Memphis Grizzlies team. Now we have the Los Angeles Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks. There was a point where the Mavericks were third seed in the Western Conference and everyone was terrified of them. I'm still pretty scared of the Mavericks. This Western Conference is deep. And especially having Luka Doncic, who has emerged as a top five player in the NBA this year. Kristaps Porzingis will be a great help offensively. Um, Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry. By the end of the day, the Clippers are just a lot better. And they're a lot more experienced as well. You're talking Kawhi Leonard, who just won a championship last year. Paul George, who's been a playoff player um, ever since the start of his career with the Indiana Pacers. Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, these guys have been there before. Lou Williams, they're hungry. And the Clippers have the best defensive lineup in the NBA. Five players that can lock you down in the paint, um, on the perimeter, on the wing, on ball. They are going to shut Luka Doncic, down. Luka Doncic down. You could put Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on him, and he's not going to be as effective. Dallas is a team that is equipped to win two games against the Clippers, but... Because they're inexperienced, the Clippers are going to win this series in five games. Now we have the Denver Nuggets against the Houston Rockets. Like the Sixers, I personally did not think Houston would fall down to the sixth seed, but this shouldn't matter for them. I have the Rockets winning in seven games in a very hard-fought um, and offensive-minded series. I think both of these teams are definitely um, substantially better offensively than defensively. Um, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and their depth and the Denver Nuggets depth is what's going to take them to seven games, but essentially James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I know Russell has been not the greatest leader in the past, but he's, he's learned to give up the torch and I feel like he's playing one of his better seasons in years. 
and he's really kind of emerged as the Rockets' best player as of late. So I have the Houston Rockets winning in seven games. I think James Harden is going to come up huge offensively. They really have no one that can stop him. Um, Torrey Craig can definitely slow, slow him down, but um, this is a 35-point per game score. How much can you slow him down? Um, so yeah, Houston in seven. Now for the final series in the first round, we have the Utah Jazz against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I've talked about this in the past. I have no clue how the Thunder are this good. I love that they are this good. This is extremely entertaining for me. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players. However, I, I, I'm just not a believer still. The Thunder have proved themselves to be a great regular season team with a great leader in Chris Paul. Um, they're they're pretty experienced. I could say Chris Paul and Steven Adams definitely have the experience for that team. The rest of the team is young. Dennis Schroeder has seen some playoff time with the Hawks. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander made the playoffs as an eight seed with the um, Clippers, but and Daniel Gallinari has been a pretty good playoff um, contributor to the Denver Nuggets back in his day. But that's just a starting lineup, and I really can't see their bench doing that much of a job against the Utah Jazz. Taking that this Jazz team is getting stronger every year with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, um, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Mike Conley being their starting lineup. This is just a scary team to go up against, and I think the Thunder are definitely going to put up a fight, but I have the Jazz winning in six games. Now, emerging to the second round, we move to the Eastern Conference, where our first matchup is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat. I have the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Heat in six games. A lot of people are saying that the Heat are the team to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I, I just can't listen to that anymore. Listen, the Heat are a great team. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're a team that's going to battle with anyone. But the Bucks, really? You could really see a, this, this Heat team beating the Bucks. This is a Bucks team that was on pace to win uh, 68, 69 games this whole year. And um, I just don't believe the Heat are equipped. And they're not ready. Taking that um, half their lineup, or not half their lineup, but a good amount of their lineup and a good amount of their scoring contributors are rookies. Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero. Bam Adebayo is still young. He's not a rookie. He's an all-star, but he's still young. And how effective is Jimmy Butler going to be when you put Chris Middleton on him or Giannis on him? Um, it's just a lot of stuff goes into effect. The Bucks are extremely deep. They're consistent scores. Remember that they added Kyle Korver and George Hill to their lineup. And I just can't see this Heat team beating this Bucks team as good as they have been this season. And as, as much as they've shocked us by being so much better than anyone expected, the Bucks are still winning this in six games. Um, yeah. Welcome to the conference finals again. And again, Milwaukee. <laughs> And now we have the Toronto Raptors against the Boston Celtics. Again, Boston faces an extremely entertaining series for the fans, but a very scary season for its um, fans, you know, from the city of Boston. Celtics are going to beat the Raptors in seven. And let me explain to you why. At the end of the day, it comes down to Pascal Siakam against uh, Jason Tatum. And who is and who is that guy that's going to give you that last second bucket, that step back three, that mid-range jumper that you need at the end of the game? That's Jason Tatum. Pascal Siakam is not a known scorer. And I think Toronto, in a way, faces the same problem that Philly 
Philly is facing. Kyle Lowry is an inconsistent scorer and is known to take dumb shots at the end of games. You can't give the ball to Fred Van Vliet if you have Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam there. They're not going to give the ball to Fred Van Vliet. And considering that Fred Van Vliet has become more of a pass-first point guard or a catch-and-shoot shooter, um, I don't know how well that's going to run for them. Serge Ibaka would be great inside, um, but he's probably going to be hard to look for when the Celtics bunch him up in the paint with Ennis Cantor. This is just a tough... A tough lineup. You're not gonna you're not gonna want to give the ball to Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell on the floor when you have Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. Uh, so it's kind of facing a dilemma for the Raptors, and you don't really know what to do with the ball. But we all know that the Raptors are a fighting team. These are two very deep and mature teams that have been there. But I think the Celtics are hungrier. They're definitely better equipped with a better leader in Kemba Walker. This is going to be a very 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 entertaining uh, matchup that could go either way. I'm a Toronto fan, but I just don't see the Raptors beating this Celtics, this Celtics team. I feel like Jason Tatum is going to be a huge contribution to their wins. I think he's going to average around 30 points a game this, this series, and he's going to take them to the promised land, uh, the NBA Conference Finals. So moving on to the Western con- to the Western Conference Semifinals, we have the Los Angeles Lakers against the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I said the Jazz are a scary team, but putting them against the Lakers makes them a little bit less scary. Um, I think the Lakers are going to win this series in six games. Saying LeBron James, second best player in the league. Anthony Davis, best big man in the league. Probably third or fourth best player in the league. Both terrific scorers. Lakers have so many other options to go to. Danny Green can score in the clutch. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Avery Bradley. Rajon Rondo. Dwight Howard. JaVale McGee. Um, Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, she, less Jared Dudley, he doesn't really do anything, except for taunt Ben Simmons, but that was last year's playoffs, um, the Lakers are better equipped, um, listen, you're not gonna put Boyan Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles on LeBron, they might slow him down by, like, what, two or three, two or three field goals, but at the end of the day, they're not going to make that much of a difference, especially against this full Lakers team, LeBron becoming a pass-first playmaker this season playing a lot like magic johnson is gonna know when to give the ball up and not go for scoring options every time he finally has that something he hasn't had in years with the terrible Cavs team in 2018 and the unfortunate lakers team last year no, there's no one there that can guard anthony davis uh that well right you're not gonna start putting um rudy gobert on anthony davis when you have players like javel mcgee and dwight howard on the floor for example um this is just a hard Lakers team to keep up with. I feel like Donovan Mitchell will be effective for the Jazz and will help them win two games, lead the series to six games, but the Lakers are going to win in six games. Congratulations, Lakers fans. We're finally going to the conference finals for the first time since 2010 when you won the championship. Now we have the Los Angeles Clippers against the Houston Rockets. Again, very entertaining series. At the end of the day, the Clippers are going to win this series in six games. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are very effective and will be very effective against a team like the Nuggets, who aren't very defensive-minded. But this Clippers team is the best two-way team in the league. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are terrific offensive players, but I would even argue that they're better defensively, and they will neutralize James Harden. Patrick Beverly will do an excellent job on Russell Westbrook, considering he's already not a good shooter. They have the interior defense with Ivica Zubak and Montrez Harrell. 
This is just a tough one for the Houston Rockets. They just don't have enough. They definitely don't have the depth off the bench. P.J. Tucker is not going to become a viable scoring option all of a sudden. He's consistent at making those corner threes, but that's about it. It's kind of a done deal for the Rockets. And it's unfortunate because fans actually thought that they will be able to go to the conference finals. I do believe that this team can take this series to seven games. But they would be extremely lucky to win this. I think James Harden would need to average close to 40 a game. And Russell Westbrook would need to average close to a triple-double. So they could beat the Clippers. It's going to take a big push. Because this Clippers team covers every single area that you need. Beverly guards Russell Westbrook. Kawhi Leonard or Paul George can take take on James Harden. At the end of the day, you just took away their two best scores, who are both averaging around 25 points, who are both averaging over 25 points a game. That's it. It's a done deal. Because you can't ask a player like Chris Clemens or Daniel House to start scoring like 10, 15 points a game for you now. Fortunately, it doesn't work like that. And the second you shut down your two best scoring options with a team that doesn't really play defense. It's a done deal. It's a close case. Moving on back to the Eastern Conference, we have the Conference Finals with the Milwaukee Bucks against the Boston Celtics, where I have the Bucks beating the Celtics in six games. This is again the type of situation when Celtics just aren't a great defensive team. J- uh, Jason Tatum is their top option, but they're going to put Giannis Antetokounmpo on him or Chris Middleton. And they're both going to neutralize him a decent amount where he will probably, his points average will probably go down by at, le- at, at least five. Um, Eric Bledsoe is a great matchup for Kemba Walker in Eric Bledsoe's sense because he's a great point guard and he's going to limit Kemba Walker to about five less points a game. Jalen Brown is going to be a huge piece for the Celtics and how well he plays will, will help us see how far this series is actually going to go. But at the end of the day, how far can Jalen Brown take you? Um, the Bucks are a huge team, and unfortunately, the Celtics are not. Um, Marcus Smart might come in pretty big guarding Eric Bledsoe or George Hill. Um, but again, they have no one in the paint. Ennis Cantor, how Ennis Cantor and um, and Daniel Tice, how much are they gonna do against Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo? This team is massive. And it's going to be very, very tough to beat them on, on the interior. They're going to be covering grounds like crazy. The Bucks just have them beat. The Bucks are the clear best team in this Eastern Conference. I think no team can go more than six games against them. Um, and yeah, welcome to the finals, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Now, for the first time in NBA history, we have the Los Angeles Lakers against the Los Angeles Clippers. Not only in a series... But in the conference finals, winner moves on to the finals. This is going to be the most fun series of the playoffs. More fun than the finals, I'm calling it now. Because of the whole rivalry and anticipation, the Clippers are going to win this series in seven games. This is a very opinion-based series. I think this is the most 50-50 series you could find. A lot of Lakers fans, and towards the end of the season, people think that the Lakers are probably going to end up winning just because they beat the Bucks that one game. And they were kind of on a hot streak towards the end. But the Clippers, at the end of the day, are better equipped. Again, you put Kawhi Leonard or Paul George on LeBron James, that neutralizes him by a lot. People don't understand how much it does. Montrezl Harrell on Anthony Davis, that's going to neutralize him as well. Montrezl Harrell 
doesn't only lead the league in charges, he's also a terrific interior defender. They're going to limit their perimeter scoring with Patrick Beverly and Paul George as well. It's a very, very tough matchup. LeBron's still going to come out averaging 25 points a game at least. Anthony Davis is probably going to average around 20 points a game, but the Lakers don't have any X-Factors. Dwight Howard's going to do his job subtly. So is JaVale McGee. They're probably going to be on and off towards the series. But there isn't really another viable scoring option that the Lakers can have that's going to take them to the promised land. If the Clippers are able to shut down LeBron James and Anthony Davis and limit their points by at least five, then this series is over. This series is still going to go to seven games because, well, the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But this Clippers team is well equipped. Kawhi Leonard is going to the finals back again. And you heard it from here. You heard it from me first. And you're going to hear it from many other people. Welcome back to the finals, Kawhi. The Clippers are going to beat the Lakers in seven games. Close case. Now we have the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks against the Los Angeles Clippers. And despite the Bucks having home court advantage, I'm still going to take the Clippers in seven games. That's right, Kawhi Leonard's going to win the Finals. He's going to win the Finals MVP and be the only player in NBA history to win a Finals MVP with three different NBA teams, Spurs, Raptors, and Clippers. Not to mention back-to-back NBA Finals with different teams. Listen, the Bucks are a terrific team. But again, you're putting Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on Giannis. And you know what that did last year. When they put when the Raptors put Kawhi Leonard on Giannis Antetokounmpo, what happened? The Raptors won four games in a row. They limited Giannis to averaging 22 points a game compared to his 30 points a game. Brook Lopez is not going to be as effective because they're going to put Ivica Zubok on him or Montrez Harrell. Chris Middleton is not going to be as effective because they're going to put Paul George on him. Whoever is not guarding um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Eric Bledsoe and Patrick Beverly. Well, I'm sorry, Eric Bledsoe is a better offensive player than Patrick Beverly, but Patrick Beverly is arguably the best defensive point guard in the NBA. He is going to shut him down and completely take him out as an option. Now, what you're left with is George Hill. George Hill and Lou Williams is a pretty equal matchup. They're both very offensive minded players. They're both going to score about 15 points a game. George Hill is going to come up pretty big for the Bucks in taking that series to seven games. But the second that they limit Giannis Antetokounmpo, this series is over. And the Clippers, again, because they are the best two-way team in the league, they're ready for any scenario that they're going to be put up against. They are going to win the NBA championship when the NBA season comes back. Hopefully soon. I am so bored. And I need to watch some basketball, even though The Last Dance is airing. That is a pretty interesting documentary. I heard all the Scottie Pippen jerseys actually got almost sold out all over the world after hearing he took a huge pay cut. I mean, 18 million over seven years. That is insane. Taking that the average NBA player today makes five or six million dollars a year. Despite the NBA becoming a more wealthy league, that's still a huge gap. But yeah, that is going to cap it off for today remember that i said it clippers are winning the nba finals um i hope the nba season starts soon i hope i'm right actually no i hope the raptors win (laughs) but uh yeah everyone enjoy the rest of their quarantine hopefully again and soon and stay safe yes uh let's flatten the curve right peace